Plumman, and your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, a weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 73, and I am pleased to have the cousin of my former JV coach, Mark Palacek. It is Scott Palacek, the head girls basketball coach at Howells Dodge High School here in Nebraska. But before we get to Coach Palachek, we of course want to thank our founding sponsor, Cossack Chiropractic, located at 14450 Eagle Run Drive here in Omaha. Coaches, if you have any an athlete who is struggling with balanced neck or spinal issues, have them go see Cossack Chiropractic. Give Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi a call at 402-964-0300. Just be sure to let them know that a pen and a napkin sent you. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on a pen and a napkin, so be sure to follow us there. If you're listening, you're on SoundCloud or iTunes, so download, rate, and review the pod. Give us five stars so that we can start to get the word out, gain momentum in the ratings, and help as many coaches as we can to hone their craft. And, of course, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Coach Scott Palachek. The man, the myth, the legend out of northeastern Nebraska. Uh, the uh, Feeling pretty good today after getting the second COVID shot yesterday, so I'm glad you're able to bounce back here, Coach. I am fan- I'm fantastic, and I'm just happy that we're able to teach school and coach a full basketball season. So, yeah, I'm, you got to be a follower of science, and, and, and I am, and I'm glad science came through with the vaccine this year. So Yes, definitely. Uh, did you have any uh, hiccups? Did you have any uh, de- uh, delays or quarantine issues or anything like that? Uh, we did not. We we, we had uh, no issues at all. Um, I, I would say we had several girls on the team, you know, that it went through. But, um, you know, and probably and maybe had some symptoms, maybe a few different things. But we never had more than one girl quarantined at a time. So mm-hmm. we, we just, I guess we caught a break in that situation. So, and then of course, basketball is a lot about breaks. So I guess in this case we, we did. Yeah. So. Very good. Very good. Well, coach, you, you've had a heck of a run there at Howell's Dodge. Um, you know, we'll begin tonight. Uh, like, uh, we do most of our podcasts here, uh, for, for the folks that don't know a lot about you, uh, just kind of fill them in on your background, your journey in this beautiful game and, and, and let, folks know what's been going on for the last three decades uh just north of fremont there well i i guess i i've been pretty blessed with just a lot of things that have happened to me uh throughout my career um of course i got to give a lot of credit to my wife who's uh put up with me since 1990 uh through this whole um this whole top to bottom you know building a program from from where it was uh when i when i first came here the howells bobcats at that time before we consolidated they were two and sixteen, and they had four starters graduate. So we, <laughs> we had, so 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 we had we had a lot to go with right there. Um, also, I was a head coach right out of the University of Nebraska. So um, our the principal and the superintendent, when I met with them the first the first day, they said, you know, we're kind of at the bottom of the conference right now, so there's no pressure to win. And and uh, I guess luckily for me, I had. Uh, five really good freshmen that, that came out that first year and even though we were three and 15 and then five and 12 and then and then uh and after that nine and 12 the next season we were able to go 20 and three the fourth season and got us to the state tournament and i guess i was just a very lucky man we had the right talent at the right time um before i got fired that's pretty much the case <laughs> what uh was it kind of one of those? Uh, were, were you interviewing for the for the head coaching position, or was it one of those? 
uh, hey, if you want this job, this is what you're going to have to do? Uh, it was, you know, I, I had already been coaching some boys and girls basketball at junior high at a, uh, at basically Lincoln Pius Prep um, mm-hmm. in Lincoln there, St. Joseph Junior High. So I had been, I'd been coaching those, and we, we had some success there. And, uh, and you know, I had first coached co- coach the boys, but then the last couple of years I coached the girls. And I said, well, hey, you know, if, if there's a job open, I would be willing to do it. And they said, well, hey, yeah, you can you can do the girls basketball coach if you want it. And it's like, okay, fine. <laughs> you know, but, but, but of course, I, I knew nothing about really what it was to coach at a high school level. And, you know, we, we took our bumps and – and uh, I went to a lot of clinics and and did a lot of research and you know mm-hmm. I got I got smarter but it, yeah. it took me a long time so well I, I think you got also got smarter when those five freshmen became seniors too you you got that right um, <laughs> we, we, I, I was I was much smarter in 20, 2011 and in 2017 when we had a lot of all state caliber people on our on our team which makes it you know, much easier to win the state tournament than it is when, you know, you, you've got girls that are just trying to fill a role. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, b- both seasons, both of those types of seasons are great because this last season for us, we had a lot of girls just trying to fill a role. And even though we, we didn't win, we really wanted to get to 500 and we couldn't. Uh, but sometimes those seasons are just as rewarding when a, when a lot of things click together and you just try your hardest. So, yeah. Um, it's 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 good and bad both ways. Of course, yeah. you, you want to finish the season with a win and be a state champion. But you know that I, I'm I'm happy and blessed that we've had as much success as we had. But there's a lot of good coaches that don't have any championships, and I guess I'm just one of the lucky ones. So do, do you? Uh, you know, it, it's a compliment to you and what you've done to where um, you, you've built your program to the point where. Well, you guys finished like what eleven and thirteen this year, wasn't it, Scott? Yeah, yeah, yes, we did. Yeah, yep, eleven and thirteen. And, and you kind of, you know, uh, you, you feel like your kids maxed out. They gave you everything that you had, uh, but but it's not, you know, back to the the three and fifteen days. And, and so even when you're not up to where you'd like to be at, you're still in a place where you feel like you can bounce back pretty quickly if the kids keep putting in the work. Well, I, you know, over over doing a job this long, you know. Of course, everybody has their system, and I have my system. And you know, after you know, doing a couple tweaks and different things, and of course, you know, you you, you always change. You try to change to your you know to your your talent. But uh, I kind of feel like we have a program, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it, and and the girls believe in it, mm-hmm. and they they you know they believe in a summer workout, and they believe in you know going to the camps that we go to, and of course, we're going to Fort Calhoun, so that's that's awesome. Hey, and uh, I, I like that. Yeah, uh, well, I, as long as you don't charge us too much money, it's it's good. So. Uh, well, I, you know, I got to retire at fifty two somehow, Scott. So I, I, I think it's going to be sponsored by Howell's Dodge Girls Basketball. Oh, is that is that how it's going to work? All right. Well, as, as long as, <laughs> as as long as there's some some free water or Gatorade, it'll be I'll, I'll be okay with that. Um, but 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 you know, there, there's no doubt about it that the kids have to make a, a tremendous uh, tremendous uh, not just a dedication to you know getting better every time, but you know, there, there's money involved with this with this sport, and you know we have a lot of girls from the, just a small town here. So you know, if you ask them to go to all these different camps, it does it, you know it does kind of cut into somebody's financial yeah. financial limitations. And you know, and, and me myself, we're not, we we do not do do a lot of uh, fundraising. Our team, you know, mm-hmm. the girls pretty much shell out their own cash. So yeah. it's it it get you just have to keep working at it to uh, to keep getting better. What's your what's your target? number for the for the summer to ask of your kids uh, I, I don't think in, in in 72 podcasts we've never really talked about that so let's 
let's dive in with that. Let's 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 talk about summer and summer setup and and what you're thinking and what what you like to put together with your off season program in the sense of what you think is fair. What what's your goals? That type of thing. Well, I, I, to me, to me, there's there's two ways of looking at it. I think um, you know me as a head coach. You know, being an old guy now, uh, you know, doing this 29 years, you know, I keep my head on the swivel and I kind of keep trying to see, you know, what the other coaches around me are doing. You know, mm-hmm. are they going to this? You know, because because you, you see all this stuff posted on, you know, social media. Oh, we went here, we went here, did this. You know, and of course, I don't I don't put a lot of that out there, but uh, but you know, you you want to keep seeing, you know, that you're not getting left behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's 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 the first thing. But then I always keep telling myself um, that these these people we're coaching are students and they're kids, yep. you know, and, and I went to, you know, obviously there weren't near as many team camps and summer leagues and stuff in the 1980s when I went through school, you know, but, but I was able to have a summer and I had a job and I did things with my friends. Mm-hmm. And so I think I, you know, so I think if we as coaches, whether it's volleyball, basketball, softball, you know, if we're taking their summer away um, completely, you know, either that kid is a tremendous dedicated person and maybe they think they've got a four year, you know, scholarship ahead or maybe we're kind of doing them a disservice. Yeah. Um, I'm not I'm not sure how you look at it. No, I, I, I agree with you. I, I want you know, we got to put in our time. We got to put in our work, but um, we want our work to be play as much as we can. And. I want my kids to be teenagers. More than anything else, I want my kids to be excited to come back to the next open gym. I want them to be excited to come back to the next weights workout. I want them to be excited to come back to the next team camp. And uh, when it becomes that job-like thing or they feel like they're obligated to do it instead of they're, they're excited to do it, for the most part, I mean, there's days where for whatever reason, they're not going to be as excited as they are other days. I mean, that's just human nature. But I want to. I want. I want our kids to be excited and to have positive energy when when we step in the gym as much as we can in the off season because it is a grind. It is a long haul, and you have to come up with ways to say, "Hey, I know this is happening on June 10th, but trust me, what's happening on June 10th is really going to affect us on January 10th, and and this is why it's important." And uh, but keep that balance of allowing them to be teenagers as well. I've I've also really gone to uh, keeping everything during the days and staying away from weekends, um, just because I think there's so much more. And I think you touched on it when we were growing up in the in the 80s. Um, there wasn't nearly as much that was probably asked of us by our high school programs. Um, and so I want to give them time to be kids. I, you know, I want to get them out of open gym after weights and open gym. I want them to be out of the gym by nine thirty, you know, at the latest every morning, so that they can go and just be a teenager and do other stuff and and have a job and make some money and and do those type of things. I want to get away. I want to stay away from weekends because I know how busy the season is for parents. That I want to open that up for them to if they want to go. Kansas City for the weekend or whatever they're thinking you know that's what I want so um, you know is is that kind of where you're at as well Scott I I I agree with you wholeheartedly Uh, you know for us what we'll do this summer and what we've been trying to do is yeah we'll we'll have we have a little team camp here ourselves um, and it's just us and four other schools so it's a round robin thing and we'll try to make that as 
as you know almost game like as we can. Yeah. Um, and then and then we'll go to your camp, which you know I assume has got a few B, maybe maybe a B and a couple C's and some maybe even a couple D's there. Um, um, you know, we're flying in UConn. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, uh, put, so, put, put, yeah. Put, put us put us on the schedule. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah, um, yeah, you're opening up but, with them, right? And then uh, and then and then we'll, and then we'll then we'll go to York. And I know that you know York's a good camp too. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt Kern's a heck of a good guy. Yep. And uh, you know, and, and of course, you know, when you go to these different camps, you know, when you bring a team that's it was at the state tournament uh, one year, and then you know, you have everybody back. Well, then yeah, you you, you like to go to a, an Omaha Scott camp like that, like we did those three three years with you guys. Yep. And uh, you know. And I'm just telling you, there's nothing more fun than uh, having uh, Omaha Marion's head coach there uh, yell, yelling at his girls because he's getting beat by a Class D school. That's that's that, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but uh, but well, I guess what I'm saying is we'll just probably do three team camps and some open gym, and then and, and but what I'm not going to try not to do much more than about three days a week with these girls. So that I mean that's that's kind of what we're doing. Plus, of course, the lifts, which could be three or four. So. Yeah. It's it's still plenty, and as far as the weekends go, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see them go someplace and uh, you know hang with their parents. But some of them are also doing clubs, so they're mm-hmm. they're going to be doing a lot of they're going to be doing a lot of stuff the whole time. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, talking about you know you, you've grown over the years. You, you've been doing. You just wrapped up your 29th year. Um, you know what what have you seen evolve and change uh, in your time? Um, you know, you're a head coach right away. You've been in the same place the entire time. Uh, you know, so you, you've, you've, you've kind of been this center pivot to all of these other things between you and Jerry Strackey, you know, uh, the, the rest of the world has kind of grown around you guys in that neck of the woods. So, uh, what is, you know, what have you seen that is, that has changed? How do you feel like you've changed uh, from from the beginning there at Howells uh, to now the consolidation and, and being three decades into it. Well, first I'm going to take that entire that entire thing as a compliment, I guess. Um, oh yeah, I meant it as a compliment. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, you know, Jer- Jerry Strachey's done a great job. Where we're you know there at GACC and when he was a Scribner Snyder. Um, yeah, it, it's it's really amazing how how, how things have evolved. Um, you just just you know for us switching a conference was was a tremendously big deal um you know we went from a conference the cornhusker where we had eight schools of all about you know towns with 800 people in it you know now to having um you know a conference that goes all the way from uh to Kama herman all the way down to uh twin river in genoa so uh you know i, I guess that's first first of all it's the consolidation the the, the changing the, the the changing of mascots, you know, which is just just kind of crazy over time. But you know, for for me, the you, the, the, good, the good thing about that is you got to change your wardrobe. You know, you got a whole new wardrobe because of that. Uh, that uh, I'll tell you, the athletic director wasn't that happy when we uh, <laughs> when we. Well, come on, man. I mean, you 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 can't just I, maybe you uh, did that too. But when you consolidate, you go from having. Uh, you know your your JV uniforms, which were your which were your varsity uniforms yep. eight years ago. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Uh, all, oh, yeah. all of a sudden, we just ended up buying. You know, we ended up buying twenty five whites and twenty five blacks, and you know that was that 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 was a that was a big deal to start. You know, just cheap, just doing yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you know, and plus you do everything Nike, and you do it football, basketball, track. Um, you know, volleyball. It was it was a big expense just to just to swap colors. Sure, so, you bet. Yeah. But it, but I will tell you, it's a lot easier, you know, for people at Fort Calhoun who have to go what your orange and black, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we used to be that at Howells too, and it's a lot easier to to find a, 
uh, dark green and, and black and silver, just to let you know, it's, yeah. it's a lot easier. Yeah, a lot I, easier at the store. You yeah. just have to go for the, the the Michigan State stuff, and you're pretty much set. So. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, so, but I, I'm sorry, I, we 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 digressed a little bit there. Yes, yes, we did. Um, I, I don't know. As far as the way that you know the way things have changed, I guess maybe the you know the off season stuff has probably really been the biggest change to me. Uh-huh. You know, I. I, I think, you know, we used to just do a summer league and maybe one camp, you know, when we first started. And now it's it's just a, it's to keep up with the Joneses type deal now. And, and uh, you know, and, and there's just so many, I, I just think now there's just so many through through club, there's just so many better talented girls. You know, the fourth and fifth and sixth player are so much better now than they were um, you know, probably back in the nineties when we got going, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yep. I think, I, I think a scouting report now is so much deeper than it was back in the day. Mm-hmm. I, I guess to me, I just think the talent has just really increased. So. Yeah. I, I would agree. I would agree. And, and you do, uh, you do have to do so much more with the scout. You have the ability to do more, but sometimes that's a double edged sword because you feel like you should be doing it. Whereas, you know, there's times where it's like, Am I over coaching this? Am I? Am I? Are we getting paralysis by analysis? You know, and I, I think that's you know been the biggest change from having to make sure you got a VHS tape from a game two weeks before to and and going out and live scouting where now and and even without you know even if COVID wasn't in effect, you don't see that much live scouting anymore because it's it's oh. just so easy to do it via huddle and 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 swapping it online. Yeah, it's and it's a real shame. I I still love to go scout somebody live if I can. Um, you know, lately we we have we've been having our you know a lot of our local teams, our conference teams have been in our district. Mm-hmm. But when you put pl- when you play that non conference school, you know the team that isn't on your schedule in that sub district. To me, getting to see them live is a big deal because you know you you can still see you know what what makes a girl really really struggle you know mentally you know you can see it on their face when the, when somebody's really you know banging on them or you know really getting in their face you still can't see that on film um you can you know you can see people cuts and what offense they run but uh you know facial facial expressions are still a big thing for me you know when i'm trying to figure out who who can handle stress and who can't yeah um you you have a a, a, a one of the more unique things that you put in on the on the pre-pod survey uh, you, you've, you know, head coach there for 29 years, uh, but you're also an assistant football coach, which is, is not uncommon. Um, but head mock trial coach and my, my oldest was a mock trialer. So I, I am familiar with it and it's a really cool activity. Um, and, and the kids put in a lot of time to prepare these arguments and, and so forth and so on. What have you uh, perhaps taken from those two other activities, especially a non-athletic activity, an academic activity like mock trial, how has that perhaps helped you or adjusted your, your basketball philosophy uh, that, that you maybe did not anticipate? Well, you know, a lot of us coaches will, will sell that, you know, sports is, you know, just tremendously important for, for these kids in their future, you know, that, that you learn to handle adversity. I'm sure you've given that same speech, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, you, that's, that's a great way to get over a loss. You know, say, like, well, you know, this, we're not going to win them all, but you're, you're going to, you're going to need to be able to bounce back from things like this. Um, but you know, the nice thing about mock trial, uh, one of the things that girls are going to have to do in their lifetime, girls, boys, whoever they are, you know, we, we've had good, good mock trial guys and girls on the team and, uh, you know, going into with your boss and negotiating your salary is, a uh, 
you know, kind of a, an important thing because not all of us are going to work in a public school system where it's just kind of, it's kind of done for you. And, uh, and we're always going to have to, you know, maybe haggle for the price of our car. And, uh, if you're stuck in mock trial, that's exactly what you do. And, and I guess in some ways I feel just as proud of, you know, keeping our mock trial team going for the last 28 years. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it the first year, but after that, as I have, um, you know, being a basketball coach in a lot of ways, yeah. uh, mock, mock trial is, you know, there's only about 60 schools across the whole state doing it. Mm-hmm. So in, since, in, since Howell's Dodge just keeps it going, I, I'm, I'm very proud of, of, of doing that. And, uh, and, and the kids, even though we, I would love to practice more, you know, we're, we're, we haven't ever gone to state in mock trial and I would love to, but, um, I just think what we get out of it is so much, so much use in their future, you know, being able just to debate and to talk and, and, I, I and to do it that. rationally, and to do it rationally, yes, yeah, well, yes, we, 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 without you know, without losing your, uh, without losing your uh, stress and your your head. Even though I have had girls and guys at some time on the van ride home from districts, you know, they they have a lot of passion. It's amazing. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. wow, that girl was really evil, and and uh, it's it's good. You know, that's it's just a really good activity, and, and I'm and I'm we'll just keep doing it as long as we can. So. Absolutely, absolutely. A pen and a napkin will be hosting its first annual high school coaches. Coaches Clinic on Saturday, May the 1st at Fort Calhoun High School, which is just 15 minutes north of downtown Omaha. We'll have a variety of speakers on subjects that affect us as high school basketball coaches, along with breakout sessions, to have small group discussions to tweak each other's minds to help our coaching community hone their craft. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com or to check out our Twitter handle at a pen and a napkin. Um, Scott, you hit a big number. This past season, the big four oh oh, the big four hundred. Uh, what's been the what's been the key to to longevity uh, to have that enthusiasm, to have that energy uh, come in day in and day out to to have that uh, want to 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 grind it out to get to that point of of being around long enough to to get the, that that four hundredth win. I, it's just tremendous to me how you know I've thought about that several times. You know how how many factors you know go into that. Um, our our uh, old basketball coach, Mr. Morrison, Jim Morrison, who you know won five state titles at Howells. Um, you know he always told me and Mike Spears, the football coach, that you know it's just a number, really. You know if you, if you're able to coach long enough, you know many many years, you're going to get there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know of, so you know one of it is just the fact you have to be fairly old, you know, to, to get there. Second, you have to have a lot of talent. And, uh, and we have, I mean, we've just been blessed the football team, you know, when we were able to win those six titles, you know, me and the, uh, and me and Mike Spears, we, you know, we would almost just, we were like mind boggled that we could keep, you know, successful, successful, successful year after year. And I, and I, I guess it's just gotta be a lot of our bloodline here has gotta be put as part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, you know, all of us are going to go through, you know, a couple of different stages of, geez, you know, this, we're going to do this again. You know, we, we ended up, you know, nine and 12 this year. And we're going to start over. And, you know, and of course we, you know, you all get a little bit of motion about trying to start over and building again. But, you know, for one thing, you know, I had my daughter, uh, she graduated in 2013 and I was lucky enough to have, you know, her when she was a sophomore, we were able to win the state title, you know, and when you're a head coach and your kid goes through, um, you know, I, I was really motivated there to try to make a successful, just, you know, for her in a uh-huh. way, I mean, it's, it, it's kind of selfish, but you know, you really pushed it, you know, everybody wants their kid to have a state title. And so, you know, I was just really doing everything we could there. And of course, you know, I was already coaching her from third grade on. So that there was a lot of time invested in, in that uh-huh. particular team. 
Um, you mentioned uh, Jim Morrison, um, who, again, legendary coach at Howells Dodge, and then he went on to Millard West. Uh, just obviously, it, it's great to to have a a really good relationship uh, with with your the the opposite gender when you're coaching basketball because um, you do have to you have to share a lot. You have to figure out gym times, bus rides, uh, 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 numerous things. Uh, but to, but to have somebody like that in your corner and to be able to pick their mind and and to just pick up on things that they do, uh, talk about him and and how he helped your career and and just his influence on 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 what you've done up there. Well, the the first thing I'll talk about is when you were saying you know talking about gym times. Uh, this was crazy when when we first came when I first came here. Um, our schedule, you know, obviously we were not a consolidated school, so we only had one gym. Mm-hmm. So what, so what we would do is we would share the courts for an hour between us and the, us and the boys. So we would, so we would, so we would like share it. And then for 45 minutes, um, then, you know, we would kind of, it, it was crazy. Like the boys would go off and we'd have the court for a while and we'd have it all ourselves. So really like for an hour, we, we would have boys doing basketball you know basketball dribbling drills on one side and we'd be trying to talk and it was it was pretty nuts but we were able to get a lot of things done and of course i was able to look right across the gym and see exactly what what jim morrison was doing and so i learned a lot that way too so i was just able to watch him live while i was coaching so i guess that was that was an advantage what 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 did he do um that you were drawn to that uh you took and and perhaps adopted uh directly or (laughs) Or peace here, peace there. Uh, just what what helped him? What about him? And, and again, other than talent, we all need talent. There's no great coaches without great players. We all know that. Uh, and you're and you're naive if you're if you're not thinking that. But but what were the you, you, when you have great talent, you also have to put it together. And and sometimes you know as as well as I do, Scott. Sometimes your most stressful seasons are the team the the teams that are the most talented because of the the weight of expectations and the pressure you feel from the community or on yourself that we got to be successful because it feels like the stars are lining up for us here. You know. So so what did what did Coach Morrison do to to help? You know. What are what are some things you took from him directly in that regard? Well. To be honest, you know, everyone everyone hears this uh, this phrase K I S S. Keep it simple, son. Yeah. You know, um, that was absolutely Jim Morrison. You know, mm-hmm. he would, um, you know, he would have a simple delay game that for him every time worked great. Um, he ran a simple offense, simple out of bounds plays, nothing complicated. You know, so sometimes whenever I think, oh, we got we got to do this and we got to do this, we got to do this, I I always can think back to Jim Morrison. And of course, you know, when he coached. Sure, that was the seventies, eighties, you know, and he was done in the early, you know, the mid nineties. But yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just think sometimes when, uh, when I want to get complicated, I got to remember the basics that get us there, you know. And, and I tell the girls that a lot. You know, our number one philosophy is just no matter what we do defensively, don't give up layups. You know, so that was always kind of one of his things. Don't, don't give up layups. And you know, so there, there, there's teams you can press with and teams you can't. But you know, if if I just keep with my simple philosophy, don't give up layups. Usually, that tells me what I need to do in a basketball game. So, a lot of that simple stuff, you know, Mr. Morrison won with talent, and he won without talent. But most of it was just understanding the basketball game and not making it complicated. Sure, sure. You are in an an area 
of immense competition. Maybe from you know probably the 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 toughest area in the state in in the sense of uh, you have yourself, you have uh, the aforementioned fighting Jerry Strackies at Guardian Angels Central Catholic, uh, Aaron Losing at Crofton, Norfolk Catholic, Pender, uh, West Point Beamer has been really good the last few years, uh, so forth and so on. Uh, right down the road is is uh, Humphrey St. Francis, and just every night out is is a battle for schools of your size and and what about that has uh perhaps helped keep you sharp in in the sense of you know there's no nights off you know you have to come ready to ready to go as a coach uh talk about how that uh steel sharpens steel uh you know environment that you're in uh really kind of forces you to to stay on top of your game um, wow. That, I mean, that kind of sums that up in, you know, totally right there. Uh, I, North Bend has been pretty good these last two years too. If, yeah. If, yeah. If, they've if, been all right as well. Yeah. They, 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 they've went back to back titles and, uh, you know, we, we have North Bend right before, um, uh, right before sub districts and we've had them the last few years and, uh, the East Husker conference and even, yeah, our non-conference schedule, you know, with GACC and, uh, St. Francis and a few others, it, it, it was amazing for us how well that prepared us to do things, you know, when we were able to go to the state tournament 2015, 2016, 2017, and you were able to win it that third year. Um, you know, I told the girls at that time the level of play that we had every single game, if we could win our conference tournament, we were probably going to win the state tournament. Mm-hmm. And uh, strange enough, you know, in 2017, we couldn't win the conference tournament. North Bend beat us in the finals, but we were able to win, uh, you know, Class C2 just mm-hmm. a couple weeks later. So, um, it, it, it does help you, but right now, um, the competition is where it was and maybe it's even a little better because, uh, you know, West Point Beamer, their program has now just taken, you know, about three different levels up and, uh, yeah. And then, you know, you have Bancroft Rose League is a good team and a few yeah. others around here are real, are really good. So, uh, yeah, unless we would have a tremendously awesome amount of talent, it's hard to stick with these guys, you know, that it, it really is right now. And especially if you're playing North Bend and, and we are a small C2, one of the smallest, and North Bend's a big C1, mm-hmm. it's just, a, you know, when we were able to get them, get close to them this year, I was I was very happy with that. Of course, they ended up putting us away at the end. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, a lot of those, we have to kind of take them as moral victories. Um, and as, as we're, you know, especially with a young team, you just have to kind of, you know, say, all right, you know, maybe a year, a year from here we can get them. Um, and then, of course, when you have a game where it's a 50-50 game, you got to get it. You know, yeah. you have to win those. And we let a couple of those slip, about, slip by. And, you know, I was hoping we could be 14 and 10 or something like that. But a couple of those got away. And so, yeah, yeah. Uh, 11 and 13. Yeah. That's how it, it works out. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't take long to slip away. And, and, right. and yep. the, the margin for error is so minimal in, in that regard in your area with, with just this, you know, 50 mile radius you know you put you put that uh what's the math thing called where the the is the, it the protractor the, the circumference yeah yeah what's that thing called where it's got yeah. the point at the end and then it goes around is that, that the compass that that's a compass yes okay all right and in case you can't tell i don't teach math uh <laughs> this is why i teach history uh so uh but yeah you you, you put that anywhere and and you're gonna find uh legit 
really, really good small-town basketball teams that could compete anywhere in the country of schools of equal enrollment. I, I really firmly believe that, don't you, Scott? Yes. Um, for me, uh, you know, it gives me focus throughout the game. You know, the our, our uh, friends in volleyball, you know, that, that, uh, that, that get to do the, the volleyball team, you know, they, they have such a break. If they, if, if they, if they lose set one, no big deal. You know what I'm saying? They, yep. they can start over in set two. Um, and all they could do is win that one, you know? And yep. I was, I always tell the girls, you know, this, this is not a game where we can get down 11 to two and then expect to survive it. You know, mm-hmm. when, when, when you're playing a really good team, the last thing you want to do, um, you're playing North Bend or a GACC is to let them get comfortable and enjoy, uh, this, this three point, this three pointer really doesn't matter because we're up by 10 or 12, you know, mm-hmm. you, you need to keep it close. So, you know, I always tell the girls that, you know, we got to make a run now. We got to make a run now. We can't wait till the fourth quarter to do it. You know, it's like, I'm always telling them if we ever, we get in the hole, you know, we just have to stay sharp and just try to do as much coaching from the first tip, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to the end of the game where maybe, maybe as you, you play lesser talent, you just know, ah, we'll get hot. We'll, you know, we'll get them. It's not like that right now with the t- level of talent we got around here. So. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Coaches want to have the opportunity to have a hands-on mentor to help you hone your craft as a basketball coach. Look no further than teachhoops.com, a place where coaches go to get better. Coach Steve Collins shares his three decades of coaching knowledge with his subscribers through resources like podcasts, one-on-one mentoring sessions, and much more with teachhoops.com. Go to teachhoops.com backslash A-P-A-A-N, that's a pen and a napkin, where subscriptions start at $34.99 a month. When you sign up, you get a 14-day free trial. So combine teachhoops.com with a pen and a napkin to help make you the best coach that you can be. Scott, at this time, um, we jump into the Don Meyer quote of the day. And uh, so I'm going to throw this out here, and if you would like to comment on it, feel free to do so. The Don Meyer quote of the day is, don't be in a hurry to change during the season. I think that's, yeah. that's sage advice. It is. Uh, you know, I, I think if there's anything that Huddle really helps us with now is uh, you can glaringly see where, where things are not working. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a, per, a person's got to be really open to change now. Um, you know, before our season, you know, we knew we were going to have to be more of an outside shooting team. And we, you know, we changed our philosophy to try to do that. We shot a lot more three pointers this year. Um, but you know, there's, there's still times in the season where you have to be ready on a daily basis to, ah, no, we, you know, we, we've got to change. We've got to, we've got to try to do this. And of course you have to change for an opponent too. It mm-hmm. just, you know, some, some teams are, are, are post dominated and other ones are young. You have to be willing to change at a moment's notice, you know, you got to have your system, but you got to be willing to change too. Yep. So. Yep. Um, I, I think that it's that fine line. That's where the art of coaching comes in. Um, you've got the scouting report and sometimes you get four minutes into the game and you're like, God, we're, you know, we're down the aforementioned 11 to two. Uh, do I change? Do I go with my gut? I watch X amount of films. I really think this is the right thing. Or, Hey, I got to jump to plan B here, and I and I really think that's the the art of coaching and reading the game, and and I think that just only comes with experience and just being in those situations, and and sometimes your gut's going to be right, and sometimes your gut's going to be wrong, uh, but it's it's a real calculated uh, gamble that you have to take sometimes, especially in that aforementioned scenario where where you get down a little bit early, don't you think? Um, I I can tell you a story. Uh, we were at this we were at the state tournament one time. And my assistant, uh, Tiffany Becker, uh, you know, 
things weren't going so well in the game. And, you know, she said, maybe we should just get out of man to man for a second. And I said, well, you know, what, what do you think? She said, well, how about one, three, one? And I said, well, one, three, one, I said, there's, there's no way this is going to work. And I said, you know, they're, they're going to put the ball to the corner and they're going to drive the baseline on us. And, you know, it'll be tough for us to rebound out of that defense. And she said, well, it's, it's, it's not working right now. It's not working. Let's try something. And I said, all right, fine. And I, and so I said, oh, let's go to one, three, one. And strange enough, I don't know. They, the, the opponent just couldn't adjust, couldn't adjust to our, with the way we played it. Uh-huh. And it it, 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 it took them right out of the game. And, you know, that was just a, just a gamble, the roll of the dice, and it just happened to work. And, and I guess that's why we have assistance. And you know, that's why you have to make sure you, you delegate trust to your assistants that, um, you know, they believe is in the game as much as you do. And, uh, you know, when they, when they give you a suggestion, it's not a half hearted thing. It's, it's something that comes out of their, their soul, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. that's, it's, it's a big part of it. We, we as a whole staff have to be willing to change at, at different times, games, weeks, and then, you know, before your season starts. You bet. Well, that's a great segue into our second half and, and your philosophy here. I was kind of curious, again, when you sent me the, uh, the pre-pod survey here, you, you, and I'll, you literally wrote in there, Becker time, and we, we were talking about responsibilities of assistance. And, and for, for, for two or three days here, Scott, I've been kind of curious about Becker time and what Becker time is. So uh, I'm just going to let you go here. You, you know, uh, the, the topic is responsibility of, of assistance and, and basically delegating authority and that type of stuff. Uh, so what is Becker time and what does it all entail and, and how does that help your program out? Well, you know, obviously ball handling is the, is, is the key to basketball. If, you know, if, if you can't handle the ball, um, it doesn't really matter how, how well you shoot and how well you pass. You know, a team is going to press you, and, and it's and it's not going to be pretty. So, you know, we had spent a lot of time in practice, you know, doing different dr- ball handling drills. But then, you know, my assistant Tiffany, uh, Tiffany Becker, she was a, a Midland grad, and she was a fantastic player for Coach Bracker during mm-hmm. those, during that, that, that great time there. And, uh, and she's just a fantastic ball handler, and she just has – she just knows way more about ball handling than I do. I'm, you know, I, I coach the posts. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I do. And so, you know, at the start of a practice, you know, we don't have a trainer. So there's girls that have to have their ankles taped and different things happening. And, and so as soon as practice starts, I mean, it's, and we're talking within you know, the, the bell rings at 343 and usually by 347 or 348 Becker time happens. And the girls, I mean, they hustle, they change their clothes, they get up. And then Tiffany starts doing two ball drills, one ball drill, just whatever, you know, whatever we want, you know, just tons of crossover, Jennifer Azzi drill, all those different things. And so Tiff just takes them and we just call that Becker time and she just has free reign. I don't tell her what to do. Um, she just, it's just basically hers for about 10 minutes. And by that time I have everybody taped and out there and uh, it's just valuable what everybody calls pre-practice. Well, I just kind of call it Becker time. And it's, uh, I think it's made a tremendous amount of difference in our ball handling since we've been doing that, mm-hmm. uh, how how important? And, and I think you made a great point in the, in the survey. Uh, how important as as a male head coach is it to have a female assistant coach uh, when you're when you're coaching females? Uh, just just to give us perspective. I mean, I've got my opinions. I'm going to see what you say, and then kind of take it from there uh but to, to have a a strong uh you know you need to have great assistance whether they're male or female but especially as a male coach uh having a female assistant coach is is a tremendous advantage uh 
you know, talk about that a little bit, Scott. Well, you know, for me, the, the, the way I look at it, you know, I, I, I try to build a culture that these girls know that they are they're players first. You know, mm-hmm. they're really not girls. And, I, and I, I really try to not treat them as girls at all. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, as an educator, I think you try to do the same thing. You know, I, I think you try to treat girls and boys as students. You know, I, I, I hope none of us do a, you know, single out a race or single out kids that have challenges or signal out, you know, single out kids that have socioeconomic challenges. You know, I, I think, you know, we, we all teach and coach to people's differences, yep. but, but they all want it to be fair. So in this case, you know, I think you have to have, I'm not saying you have to have a female assistant when you're coaching girls, but there's just things that, that a female assistant will pick up on that maybe I won't, you know, girls, body language, uh, facial expressions, you know, there, there's times where, you know, maybe I feel like I need to rip girls at halftime and, you know, give them a little bit of, uh, you know, come to Jesus moment. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, and so a lot of times I will bounce that off Tiffany, you know, as we're going down to the locker room to discuss, you know, you know, how are we doing mentally and how are they doing? And, uh, you know, usually she'll, you know, we'll, before we decide how we're going to handle our halftime talk, you know, we'll usually have an agreement about what needs to be solved with them as girls, but yet them as players. So mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's really, really helpful to have Tiffany do that. And I, and my other assistant before Tiffany came along was Carol Lickus and she's a stand now. And the same thing, you know, she was able to, just read some things that, well, let's just be honest. Me as a male, I'm oblivious to. <laughs> and 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 really, uh, my, the no, third coach, absolutely, the, yeah. and, and 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 the third coach is up in the stands, and that's my wife, and she and she really reads uh, on the body language. You know, she'll 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 notice that right away because she doesn't have to worry about X's and O's. Mm-hmm. So she you know she she can usually tell me you know who's who's not giving me the effort and you know who's sh- you know shrugging some shoulders and things like that, and then. Next, usually that next practice, I'll, I'll bring that up. And, uh, so, so that third coach that, you know, that, that wife there really helps in that situation. So I, I have, have noticed, um, a, a, you know, one of the things that will not always, but often will happen, uh, is the, the girls will often confide in the female assistant in, in something that if we say, Hey, you know, you feel like something's wrong or something's not not right. Uh, you, you ask Mary or Susie, you know, Hey, you know, is everything okay? You know, well, it's, it's fine, you know, but then the, they're willing, you know, if, if the female assistant asks, they, it seems like at times, depending on the subject, depending on the situation, uh, they're willing to confide in them a little bit more just because there's a little bit more of a comfort level in that regard. And, and, and that has, has helped, in in our communication over the years to to have that there and 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 sometimes it's not like that but but there are times where 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 we're like that um have you had that as well scott or no if if you if you do this job long enough i think you will have that situation many times i you know and uh for me you know we we had a tremendously huge game once and like i knew that that my uh my two guard um, just got broke up with her boyfriend that, that, you know, like a day ahead, you know, mm-hmm. right before that, you know, I, I had no idea that happened. I wasn't keeping up any, any gossip. And luckily my, my assistant coach was able to tell me that, that, you know, that she was going through a hard time, um, you know, cause I, I couldn't read that, that stuff on her face or, you mm-hmm. know, I didn't know that that was going on. And, you know, I, I could have made it a lot rougher on that girl um, if I would have, you know, not been able to, understand what she had been going through because there's 
no no doubt about it. These are high school girls, and and whether you're a high school girl or a high school boy, you've got relationships, you've got parents, you've got it, there's just so many things going on in your life that you know having somebody that can see things from a different point of view, whether it's female, male, whatever it is, it's mm-hmm. it's it's handy. It's handy. I think it's 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 important in that kid's situation. But you know, I, I see plenty of girls programs that have two guys coaches, and they seem to do fine. Yeah, so. yeah, and, and, and yeah, it's not the end all be all. By by nope. by all means, I, I think the biggest thing is, and, and any female assistant coach will tell you, just look at me as an assistant coach, not as a female assistant coach. Um, right, exactly, and yeah. and, and, I, and I and I think Tiff would would be Tiffany would be really upset with me if if I didn't see her as just you know a regular coach. And to be honest, I think sometimes she can be harder on them than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when especially when the part of the games that she's coaching where, you know, where she coaches the guards. And if, and if it's a, we're, we're seeing a really extended one, three, one, and the guards aren't trying to take that, that top wing gap, you know, if they're not trying to take that gap, you know, she'll get on them. Cause like, you know, she'll demand that of them, you know, when we're doing uh you know, pregame type of stuff. And, and so, uh, yeah, as long as you delegate enough to your assistant, it doesn't matter who they are. As long as they believe that they're up, they're a big part of it. To me, that's key. So, what, what and, I, and I, and I and of course, I learned that from from Mike Spears when during the years I was football coach. Mm-hmm. What are some other things that you delegate to to Coach Becker or other people on your staff? Uh, what are some big chunks of things that that they take off your plate to make your job easier? Because that's one thing, and I and, and I've talked about it pretty openly on the pod. I think one of the mistakes I made that that kind of burnt me out at at Scott is I did not delegate enough, and and it was a lot of it was behind the scenes stuff. I just fell into some bad habits, um, and and so uh, that that's something that I've really been conscientious about with with my new position is is I I I have to demand that they do more that I can't feel guilty about this if I'm paying you you need to take care of this and this and this. as long as it's fair and I'm going to take the lion's share of things anyway because I'm the head guy uh, but I'm just kind of curious what are some other things that you delegate to Coach Becker? Well. To be honest, I still do a majority of the work, and I, you know, and just because I feel like so, for several reasons, I think I need to. Um, a, you know, she's uh, she's got two young kids right now, and uh-huh. so you know, she's uh, she's got doing things on Sundays with her kids. Um, is coaching them, in fact, you know, she's doing club things with them on Sundays, and uh, so you know, I've got I've got to I got to take care of this of the scouting report and get all that stuff ready to go. Um, but for her. She's also our junior high coach, and of course, she coaches the C team because we don't have we don't. Have, it's just her and me right now. Uh-huh. There's been a couple. There's been a couple years where we've had two assistants, but most of the time, it's just been me and one other person. So she'll get uh, she'll get freshman sophomore games on Mondays, and then she'll do junior high practice at you know during eighth period. And um, some schools do that, others don't. But so really, she's uh, she's basically doing basketball over and over and over. Uh-huh. Um, when I when I had a third assistant. Um, He's actually our uh, defensive coordinator on the on the high school football team. Um, he was uh, watching he was watching you know junior high boys and he was doing some junior high girls in high school and he said like he did it was something insane like 122 games during the winter sports season. Oh jeez! And that's and, and and that's and that's a lot you know especially when you're a parent. Yeah. So yeah. so uh, so uh, you know I I I try to delegate as much as I can. But most of it is just her getting her guards ready to go um, mm-hmm. for what we need to do in the next upcoming game. Okay. All right. Um, you, you mentioned it while you were talking about ball handling and that type of thing and just being able to handle pressure. And one of the things that you put down uh, 
was you know one of the topics was was press breaks, and I, I thought it was very interesting because I had this thought as well. Uh, you, here's the what you wrote down: the most important when you're trying to build a program or get back to dominance. And um, with with my new team this last year, we didn't put in any out of bounds plays. We didn't do this with no set plays. The first thing that we did and made sure that we did every day for an extended time was our press break because we had to learn how to get the ball up the floor consistently before we could do anything else in my mind. Otherwise, all that other stuff didn't matter because we weren't going to get to that point anyway. And and uh, the kids, again, my, my kids were awesome. Uh, they bought into it. They understood it when I explained it to them why we were doing what we were doing. They did a great job with it. Uh, but I just kind of curious that, that struck a chord with me when you put that Scott, because that just brought me back to where I was a year ago as I was watching my new team on film and, and the things that we needed to do better, uh, that jumped out at me. So what was your thought process there? Well, I will tell you the worst thing in the game of basketball is when, uh, you can't look to the other side of the court because you haven't got across half court, you know, (laughs) I mean, that's, it's, it's frustrating. And I've, I've had teams like that, you know, where we've spent the entire, first half just looking right in front of us you know just like you know we, we, we want to get to the other side you know where we could you know try try to try to make something happen and uh to, to me I, it's it's pretty simple when you when your team is good teams other teams don't press you you know it, it, it's it's really like that and you know when when we had those good teams there through 2016 through 27 you know that whole streak there you know just nobody nobody pressed us and so the game was really simple then, you know, but once we started losing a couple of those, well, you know, all state type point guards and those, and you know, a team that could just break a press and cut it into shreds, then you've got to, all of a sudden the scouting report comes out. It's like, Oh, Hey, you, you know, you, you can press that team. And, uh, and so you have to just really work on, um, enough things to break. You know, of course, you know, you got to break a one, three, one press and you got to break. We see a lot of two, two ones now just to slow the game up. And so, you know, that messes with your transition. And so there's so many different things, um, I, I don't know. It's it's ten seconds. Um, you know, at a, at a certain time of the game, you know, you think, oh, you got ten seconds to break a press. But when it, when it comes down to it, you're going to have to be able to press somebody as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so you know, you, you can't let somebody take ten seconds off of a, off the clock when there's nineteen seconds to go in the game. So you've got to be able to press, and of course, you got to be able to break a press. So you know, you have to be able to do both. And so you know, it's just it's kind of a it's kind of a win win lose type thing. You just got to be able to do both things and do both do, do do both of them well. So let's talk about press breaks and attacking pressure. Uh, that's something we we haven't talked a ton about. I don't believe on on the interview podcast. Um, what uh, two two questions here related to each other? Uh, let's start with the. I'm going to give them both to you so we don't forget them. Uh, number one, what are what's the 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 one two three things that you're really emphasizing with your press breaks schematically and then number two what are some ways that what are some different ways that you're working on that in practice what are some what's some drill work that you guys use to attack pressure well to, to me the the first key of you know especially when you're struggling you know to break press at times you know, the first thing you got to do, whether you're even worrying about strategy, is you got to get an inbounder, the girl that takes it out. Um, you know, that girl's got to be pretty solid, and, mm-hmm. and she's got to be able to take a breath. Because mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do is have the other team drain a three on you, and then of course have her just just 
get it in bounds and put it right into right into a trap. You know what I'm saying? That's yep. so. You know, we have to have people. You know, take a breath and think. All right, you know this this is a trap that's going to be right after right after half court with two girls, and the last thing we want to do is bring this sucker up the sideline. You know, and so you know, there's there's times when you want to be in the middle, and there's going to be times when you want to be on the side. So for most of us, just is just taking a breath and using our five seconds to get the ball in, you know, mm-hmm. to, to make things happen. So that's, that's, that's the first thing for me. Um, but really we try to find just like most of us, we try to find a good ball handler that can dribble through a press. And if we can call it clear out great. And, uh, and then the only the other thing we really talk about is it doesn't have to be a layup. You know, mm-hmm. if you, uh, if you break the thing, there's nothing wrong with taking nine seconds and reversing it time and time again. And uh, to me, that's really frustrating for coaches. If you can, if you can break a press, take in time. I, I think most of the time they'll take a press off if if you do that. Yeah. Well, and and if you take your time, and this is what we really emphasized with our girls, worst case scenario, it's a ten second call, and that's frustrating. Yes. Yeah, it is, and I'm and I'm sure. I you know we we had a couple ten second calls this year, and I, and I was frustrated. I'm sure, but at the same time, I'm not going to get that frustrated. Because what's the alternative? We hurry, we chuck and duck somewhere, and it's a live ball turnover, and now we're giving up a layup or a really easy look in transition, or somebody picks up a cheap foul to prevent a layup. And and that was one of the key things that we emphasized this year. No live ball turnovers. Uh, were we perfect at it? Absolutely not. But I know we got better at it as the season went along. And after we explained these things to the kids, they, they really understood it and understood why we were teaching it the way that we were. So is that something you talk about too, Scott? Yes, um, definitely. Uh, yeah, there's, there's plenty of times where a, a five-second count, not even inbounding the ball, is better than throwing a lob your girl right underneath the opponent's basket you know what i'm saying that's and and we've done that i mean we, we've had girls throw the ball off the back of the backboard when we've you know what when, when things have been difficult you know that's and that's it would be easier to on your team to get a five second call and not get the ball in bounds than uh than bouncing it off the backboard and you know making everybody feel bad about themselves so um you know when you when you have the right talent you're gonna be able to break the press um most of the time, like I said, we'll see. We'll, we it's mostly man to man up here, so we see a lot of man to man press. And we and we've been trying to actually do this uh, press breaker now, where we're just trying to get a dribble handoff on it. So we're we're trying to put our fastest, quickest guard um, out of bounds. You know, hopefully she again takes a little bit of time to think. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll 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 try to get a screen to, to get a girl open, and then as soon as the girl gets open and gets the ball, we'll try to just go a thousand miles an hour. And then get a dribble handoff out of that, and then hopefully we'll get it across half court and set it up. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what we've been trying to do lately against these tight man-to-man presses that North Bend and Oakland Craig and teams like that have been putting on us. So yeah. that's what we've been trying to work on. What have you? Uh, what are you doing in practice to to emphasize these things? How are you breaking it down in practice? What's some drill work that you guys use uh, to attack pressure to handle pressure? I I, I wish there was great answers for that. If you want to throw me a couple of yours, I would, I would appreciate it. Uh, um, that, that, that's why we go to clinics, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, there's, there's a pretty good clinic in, in Fort Calhoun, Nebraska in a couple weeks that, that you could check that, out. That's, so that, that, that's what I hear. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, we, you know, we've tried a lot of different things. You know, some, some people do the, the five on eight deal, you know, or, yeah. you know, when you're playing it and 
we try to stay away from that as much as we can. Uh, Agreed. It always seems it always seems like we have somebody stepping on somebody's ankle, and it just it just doesn't seem like it's a very good look. So mm-hmm. uh, we do this thing that we just call sideline trap now, and uh, and maybe it's kind of hard to visualize here on a podcast, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll have but Coach Becker will have about five girls on on her side of the court, um, you know, at the basket we're trying to get to, and I'll have about five girls on my side. And then what we'll do is we'll we'll in one of the managers will inbound the ball to uh, one of our guards, and all of a sudden, boom! She will see a trap come at her. She'll she'll see two or three girls come and set you know very different different types of trap a one three one trap, two two one type thing, and so then I will release one two three, maybe sometimes four girls on my side all wearing the same color, and Coach Beck will release one two three sometimes four girls on her side. It's all about my point guard. Once she gets that ball inbound to her, she's got to look up and see the girls wearing her color jersey, you know, mm-hmm. and they're, and no one's told what to do. They all just kind of like, I kind of tell them, I say, go to this spot, go to this spot. But then they have to decide, all right, am I going to set a screen? Am I going to do this just to try to do, you know, make sure we have open spacing and, you know, I don't give them any direction because a lot of times in the middle of a game, uh, breaking a press is just ad libbing. And yeah. so, so we do that sideline trap to kind of, just keep their head up and mm-hmm. and look for your, and look for your teammate. That's most of the time what we do. Okay. All right. I like that. We do one. I'll share one that we do. Uh, we call it four on four X trap. And and in our verbiage, when when a team traps right away, we call it an X trap. Okay. Uh, yep. So uh, so what we do is we start out with with four. The the offense is four kids. In, in a square, oftentimes we'll use like volleyball spots, okay? Yep. And then we'll take the, the four defenders and we'll put them in the middle. And a coach will throw it to one of those corners and two of the defenders have to go trap the corner and the other two are reading the eyes of, of the other three kids. Now, the, the offense can't dribble. They, they can't dribble. All they can do is pass to the open person, um, and if and if the 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 offense has to make five passes clean with no tips to win, the defense they've got to get a tip in those five passes, and and whoever wins wins. And and what we really like to do in a perfect situation is we try to have three teams of four or five. And so it's just quick. You know, we'll, we'll put the clock on for, for four minutes, let's say. And, okay, defense, you got to get a tip to get a win. Uh, and you got in order to get to offense, you got to win on defense first. And, and so that's something that we've done. It helps with our passing. It helps with the re- of, of trapping. It helps with uh, uh, attacking the ball without fouling. Um, and it helps with the defense and reading the eyes and anticipating and trying to see where the next pass is going. And it helps us handle pressure and be strong with the ball as we're getting trapped and snapping off a good play. Cause like you said, there comes a, a time when you're playing against a good uh, trapping team. If you're getting trapped, you, you can't call timeout every time you get trapped, you got to figure it out somehow. And so that's, that's a drill that we run as well that's that that sounds great and the, and the best part is that it's competitive and mm-hmm. and uh you know you got to you always got to lay a little of that on there uh we do one more thing too which i just call um you know we run a lot of this the same stuff we used to do with football where we would um we'd have the first team defense out there and then we would have um 
basically three offenses coming in one after another after another to run plays at him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, so we would have all of us, all of us assistants. We would, uh, you know, we'd draw up the next play for the next offense to go in, and we would just, just you know, just run play, 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 um, and give like the defense almost no time to react. And so we kind of do the same thing here, where uh, we'll bring the offense, and then we'll just have to make, and then they will just have to bring uh, their best team out there because they're going to see three different, you know, they're going to see three different Skelly. Uh, defense is just setting a bunch of different traps on them time after so if those go one way and then back the other way and back the other way with fresh defense mm-hmm. and it really it really wears them down and it's and, it, and it's good because some of these teams will just keep that press on forever and you just have to you know break it two or three times and then get them out of it i really like that that's a good one that's that's a if you have the numbers to be able to do that i really like that idea that's that's that's, that's you good know, stuff to, to me the magic number really is about 18 if you could you know so if you can have you know, in a, in a couple times, uh, you know, for the years we've had 20, it's been fantastic because you could have, you have your five, you have your five girls on offense, and then you have three different teams, a red, a green, and a yellow, mm-hmm. and they just keep coming on and keep it on and just, it just keeps, just keep the hammer down and they just have no time to breathe. And as soon as they get to the other side, they got to flip it around. And then there's a brand new team putting a press on from that direction. The other five run off and it's, it's fun. So, oh, yeah. and, 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 and actually that's pretty much how we teach our, our uh, full court man press as, as well. You know, we'll have that full court man press and they'll actually, the, those five, but then we'll have to go against five different offenses coming in. And uh, so, yeah, we just try to make it kind of football, football-ish in that way. Oh, that's a great idea. That's a great crossover drill uh, between the two. Um, I really like that. That's, that's good. Um, you, you, uh, your, your pregame, your pregame ritual, you said it's pretty unique. <laughs> yeah, um, it's weird. <laughs> it's, okay. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I'm pretty sure we're, we're pretty unique in that in that. Uh, in that perspective, well, but, well, lay it on us. Tell us, tell us what's going on here. I'm intrigued. Okay, so, uh, so, so this will be, you know, this will be uh, the night before the game. So, okay. uh, you know, so you know, you, you have your typical pregame practice, and you know, you kind of keep it, you know, a little light, and you just get, you know, it's a walkthrough. You do a few things, and um, but then we uh, we go down the locker room, and then we'll do this this weird sport. Um, so what we'll do is like it just happened in 2017 uh, when we won the state title. That year was darts, and so. Um, I had, a, I, I bought a dartboard, um, and put it down in the locker room, hung it from the ceiling and put some, put some stuff behind it. So we wouldn't, you know, kill the locker room wall up. And then we would, uh, put like our goal for the week, whatever it would happen to be, you know, hold the team below 40 points or whatever. And then the girls would throw darts at it. And, you know, as soon as somebody would hit, hit the, hit the bullseye, uh, you know, the whole girls would go nuts. And so, and then and we, this year we did bowling and of course we put our goal, on the front pin and if we knocked them all down so every year we do kind of a different sport so we've done hockey and just pretty much everything horseshoes it's been fun so uh, uh, do you buy like little miniature versions of yeah. these things you, 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 usually it's kind of it's kind of miniature but then sometimes it's, it's you know it's like whatever we can find in the pe locker and then and then once we did uh we did a golf one but actually the ball was was like a larger size and the golf club was like massive size so we had to like, I made a hole in the locker room and it was like, it was a lot of fun. So, and of course it's all about trying to hit your goal and we, and we rotate who gets to, who gets to do the putting and the, and the throwing and, and you know, put a couple of motivational speeches in there. And it's, 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 it's a good deal. So it's just kind of, we, we just call pregame ritual and it's fun. Uh, what's, what's kind of the, you, you know, you, get, you talked about, you know, hitting your goal. It, does it help? I don't know, kind of loosen the kids up a little bit uh, the night before a game, especially if it's a big one or, or, you know, what's kind of been the, the benefit of it? Well, for, for me, it just, it's just a loose moment. You know, mm-hmm. they're, 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 they're rolling a bowling ball. They're, I'm throwing a softball at them and they're, 
you know, a wiffle ball and they're, they're trying to hit it back at me. And, and just, they're just all just laughing and joking around for a little bit. And then the, the girls that get to do that particular activity that night, then those girls have to give a speech. And a lot of times they will, uh, they'll pick a nice quote out and they'll talk about it. And, uh, you know, they'll, a lot of them are, are pretty deep at times and, you know, they'll, they'll really, uh, lay them out you know what what needs to be done depending on whether we're going through some adversity or whatever mm-hmm. and then and of course my assistant will talk and i'll talk and but it's just not it's not a very heavy moment it's like you know we have the games tomorrow it's not today mm-hmm. um so so i just think you know we just have to be ready you know with with our game face on at game time we don't have to be you know locked in the night before where i think a lot of coaches put tremendous pressure on people the night before and no we just we just have to be ready to go when when the chips are down yeah yeah, when 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 the when the buzzer hits zero and and the the guy starts talking into the microphone, that's when you need to really be ready to roll. And 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 sometimes, yeah, you're right. You can get too keyed up uh, the night before or a couple of days before, and and that 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 does seem like a, a good uh, you know little decompressor, if you will, a little bit. But still having a focus and still having a purpose. And I like I like the idea of having the the players uh, talk. Do, do you uh, do you tell Hey, uh, Teresa, uh, you're going to be doing the pregame ritual tonight or the pregame game. So to give them kind of a heads up or do you kind of go in the locker room and it's, uh, you know who it is, but you don't tell them until you get in there. How's that work? Uh, strange enough, the girls take care of that all by themselves. Um, we start, we, we, we start with the seniors and, uh, you know, usually it's two or three girls will do it the first day and then everybody on the team gets their opportunity before it's done. And yeah, we're, we're all the way down to freshmen at some time. And of course, you know, their speech is way different than a senior speech by, you know, by a long ways. And then, but of course the freshmen then kind of realize, wow, well, you know, maybe I can't just say, Hey, let's go. You know, this is fun. Uh-huh. You know, it's, it's, it's a bigger deal, you know, cause they'll, you know, they'll learn who rivals are, you know, and, you know, sometimes a kid in junior high, they have no idea what rivalry is, but they'll learn by the time the fr- the seniors tell them, you know, we've, we've played these guys four or five times in the last, you know, four years, you know, we, we all have to be, keyed in and you know of course you know if if i don't have my game plan in by the time we do that pregame ritual the next day is not going to matter anyway so you know it's it's just kind of a culmination of hopefully we have everything ready to go we know what we're going to do to the to the opponent what they're going to try to do us and then we just just kind of like now we're just we're just back in the locker room here and we're just going to relax and Mm -hmm. and uh and just try to just try to have a little bit of fun before i turn them loose yeah as kirk ferentz would say the hay is in the barn at that point Yes, it is. Yeah. And, 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 and of course, you know, at Howell's Dodge, I'm lucky because, you know, as soon as that's over, you know, I'll go upstairs and, you know, Tiff and I will talk for a little bit. But, of course, the whole girl, the whole group will then come up and then they'll shoot around for another 45 minutes after it's done. And I have to turn the lights off to get them out. So that's 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 the best part of the whole thing. Even on a pregame night, I'm, you know, it's, we've just have so much dedication that I'll tell the girls, you know, it's pregame. You know, I, I want us to have some legs for tomorrow. We should go home and they'll still keep shooting until mm-hmm. I finally shut off the lights. So. Yeah. It's it it's still it's it's a little light moment within a lot of between a lot of serious work by yeah. by these girls. Good good problems to have. Good problems to have. Yep. yep. That that is never I I just really have had very few teams where, you know, I've had to say, you know, we're not putting in the, the extra time. They they know what it takes and and I just hope that keeps coming around because that's what makes the difference. You bet. Great one to end on there, Scott. Great one on to end on there. Uh, any social media you want to plug for your program at all? Anything you want to throw out there? Uh, you mean you're talking like uh, some Howells Dodge Twitter page? Yeah, yeah, whatever you got. Uh, no, I, I I have not done a lot of tweeting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have I have my own. Anybody can follow me at 
um, MRP Jags. That's the name of my uh, my particular one. But uh-huh. you won't see a lot of posts or tweets from me um, after a game because um, really I've, I've tweeted only about one time after a game, and that was after we won the state tournament. And uh, I, I guess the guys who always tweet after wins, I got I I I'm awesome, fantastic. You, you tweet after a win, but then to me, you got to tweet after a loss too because yeah. there there there's a really close. Um, there's a really close difference between winning and losing at times. And I, it's, it's hard to be positive when you happen to be one of those coaches who end up two and two and 17. It's, you know, I, I, I hope you can handle being a social media guy when you have a season like that. Cause, cause they will come around. There's no doubt about it. So. Absolutely. You, you, you have to, uh, just like with anything, you got to be consistent. And, yep. and with that, with the social media stuff, you, you you have to it, you can't you can't do it during the good times you've got to do it all the time and yep. and, and if you're going to do it if you're going to do it and and do it yep. consistently so uh i wholeheartedly agree with you on that one wholeheartedly so agree so, so sorry I, I can't plug a whole heck of a lot on that um I, I i will plug the fact that uh you and i are probably going to be coaching against each other out out west in the over the over the holidays that's, that's gonna, gonna be a lot of fun that's gonna be a lot of fun yeah i think that's a great concept i i, I give all the credit to other people i you know all of a sudden i was just kind of told hey we're we're thinking about doing this what do you think i'm like oh yeah that'll that'll be good uh to play somebody different uh at least one team that that's going to be yes. different uh not from our not from our area um you know geographically speaking you know we're we're playing uh teams that are a good two and a half hours away from us probably yes. uh which in a lot of states that would be you know, almost from one end to the other. And in Nebraska, you know, we're just getting started <laughs> at that point. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be really good. I, I've actually, uh, uh, Caro Centura is one of those teams we'll be playing out there. And one of my old buddies from college, my on my dorm floor is actually the coach of that team. So it's going to, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. So well, it, it'll be a good deal. So, well, uh, Scott, thanks so much for coming on. I hope you had a good time talking hoops tonight. It was it was fun, and I appreciate you having me on. And uh, go for Calhoun Pioneers, I guess. Yeah, well, go Howells Dodge Jaguars every night next year, except for if we end up playing each other, and then for ninety minutes, I don't want you to win very badly. Exactly, but yeah. that that should that should that should be a fun time. Yeah, it should be good. Should be good. We'll hold the line here. I got to wrap up a couple things, uh, but uh, just hold the line here, Scott. Uh, second, Scott. We'll we'll roll from there. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, again, we want to thank our, our founding sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic. Uh, if you're in need of chiropractic services, don't hesitate to give Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi a call at 402-964-0300. Subscribe to teachhoops.com backslash APAAN. It's a 14-day free trial, so give it a go. Coach Collins has a bunch of terrific resources on his website. Again, our Fort Cal- our first annual uh, a pen and a napkin coaches clinic at Fort Calhoun High School on Saturday, May the 1st. Uh, Starting to get some folks signing up for it. It's going to be a really, really good day. Got a great lineup of really, really good speakers. Uh, it, it's it's been a year and a half since we've been able to get out and 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 do this uh, since the last real coaches clinic since before the uh, 2019 20 season. Uh, so come on out to uh, the pen and napkin coaches clinic at Fort Calhoun High School. Again, follow us on Twitter at pen and a napkin at a pen and a napkin. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. This has been Scott Palachek, the head girls basketball coach at Howells Dodge High School in Nebraska here. Uh, Coaches, as always, let's stay safe, let's pray for peace, and let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.